Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 185 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we're talking to a special guest all about her journey through fertility, infertility, and pregnancy. So even if you're not pregnant right now, you can still benefit from some of the amazing lessons that Angelica shares with us today. So stay tuned. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, so welcome everybody to the podcast today. Today we have another special guest with us. Her name is Angelica Flanagan, and she is a real life runner who shares with us her journey through having a baby, then wanting to get pregnant with her second baby, and having to experience a condition called secondary infertility. It's something that's becoming more common nowadays when people are able to have a baby the first time around, but then are finding troubles getting pregnant when they are trying to have a second child. So Angelica has gone through this experience and she, during this whole experience, she really was trying to find resources for other people like her and there just wasn't a lot out there. So we really wanted to just share her story here on the podcast as an inspiration for all real life runners. Whether you're pregnant or not, you can definitely gain some things from this episode and Angelica's strength and her bravery and her mindset going through all of this and the struggles, right? And so I, I encourage you, even if you're not pregnant, even if you're not going through these issues, listen to this episode and see how you can apply it to your life because there are many applications that we can get from this episode. And if you are struggling, welcome to the podcast. Angelica is amazing. So we encourage you to listen to the podcast, to connect with her online. We give you her information um, at the end of the episode and also in our show notes. So connect with her because she is just an amazing giving human being who would love to help anyone that's also going through this process. So sit back, enjoy this episode with Angelica. Okay, so we are here today with Miss Angelica Flanagan, who is a real life runner. And today we're going to be talking all about running during pregnancy, but not only running during pregnancy, but also running during the journey to get pregnant because Angelica has a really great story here. She has a, a, I want to say a unique story, but I think that it's becoming more and more common these days from the people that I've been hearing from about how she had a baby, she got back into running and then she went back to have a second baby and was having fertility issues and difficulty getting pregnant. So today we're going to talk about her journey through that, her journey through fertility treatments and her journey to get pregnant. And then also, spoiler alert, she ended up getting pregnant, which is a happy thing. (laughs) Um, And then her journey through this second pregnancy. So Angelica, welcome to the Real Life Runners podcast. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Can't wait. So, so let's start out by telling us a little bit about this journey, right? Like when you, you had, how long have you been a runner? Oh, goodness. Well, I listened to that podcast episode of what defines a runner and how you never thought you were a runner. I think I never realized I was a runner until probably I ran a marathon, um, my first marathon back in um, 2014. So I guess that's when I realized I was a runner. 
<laughs> so during the training and everything, or is it like after actually crossing that finish line? No, it was probably during the, <laughs> it was probably during, <laughs> it was during the training where I really got into it, you know, got into, mm -hmm. you know, the socks you need, the shoes, the inserts, all of that, and really considered myself a runner. And what brought you to running at that point in time, like in the first place? Like why, why did you decide to get into running? What made you want to run a marathon? So, yeah, I mean, I've always liked to be active and I played tennis in high school through college. And then, you know, in college, it was became a social thing. A lot of my girlfriends and I would run mostly to control the beer weight, <laughs> but <laughs> it was really just like a fun social activity. And, you know, when it was nice out, it was, an, I, it was I went to school in Rhode Island. It was just, it was really beautiful to run outside. So we did a lot of that. Um, and then when I lived in Boston after college, I had a, a running friend. We would meet every now and then to run. And she was like, you know, I really want to run Chicago Marathon. And I said, all right, let's do it. Um, just kind of one of those spur of the moment things. Mm -hmm. And we trained all summer in Boston together. And that's really when I got into it. You know, I just loved the feeling, the sense of accomplishment after a long run. Um, just like you know, everything that went into it, I just felt the sense of like achievement and then going to the race, feeling that adrenaline, it just was great. And the, the there, it was also a mental therapy for me too. I think every stage in my life running since then has just helped me get through it. It's mm -hmm. helped me, you know, when you feel like you just have all this craziness in your head, just go for a run. And it's so therapeutic for me. So I would say ever since then, it's almost like I've kind of become addicted to the high. Yeah. When was Chicago? Which, what year did you do that? It was 2014. Okay. So yeah. So really for the last six, seven years is really, you know, you've been consistent and because of the mental aspect of everything that you gain from, and of course the physical too, right? Like, you know, right. we, we obviously love the physical aspect of pushing ourselves. So since 2014, you've really been consistent as a runner. How many marathons and other races have you done? It's funny. I haven't done a lot of races. I've only done two marathons Okay, and I've done a couple, probably like three, five K's here and there. Mm -hmm. Um, the first five K I took really seriously is when I started running with you girls in the group. Um, it was a year ago. So it was last October, which was, um, 2019. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, definitely um, wasn't 2020. <laughs> it was not 2020. <laughs> I'm just trying to place my years here. I know. Yeah, it was October. It was October 2019. And um, it was just this fun marathon we did. And uh, not marathon. It was this 5K. And I was like, you know what? I'm really going to push myself. And at the time, I was doing speed work with you and one of the other girls in our group. And like we were doing it once a week. And it so improved my speed. And I was just shocked what I could do with this 5k. Mm -hmm. um, so that was great too. So no, I, I haven't run a lot of races, but ever since I did that, I was like, I just want to kind of keep doing these races yeah. here and there because it's such another element of the running experience. Yeah. It's like that curiosity, right? Like when you start to get into it, you're like, oh, wow, I didn't think I could do that. Now I, I, I did. So I wonder what else I'm capable of. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. So tell it, let's get into your journey a bit here, right? Let's just, let's get right into the thick of it. So tell us a little bit about your story through, um, fertility and how running played a role in that and kind of how you had to adjust your running journey through that. Sure. Okay. So, um, after I had my first daughter, I got back into running and I decided I wanted to run the um, Miami marathon. 
And that was in, the training was in probably the fall, the fall of 2018, but the marathon was January, 2019. Mm-hmm. And I had just joined the running group that December. So my training was the December before the marathon. So my training was kind of already like at its peak. I was yeah. kind of in like taper mode when I met the group, but I just, again, fell in love. Like I did when I was training for Chicago, I just fell in love with it again. Like I loved the training aspect. I loved the commitment, but I had also just started training when my daughter was like seven months old. So mm-hmm. that might've played some kind of role in my issues when I decided after the marathon in January of 2019, that I wanted to get pregnant again. Um, we kind of just, we had no issues getting pregnant with our, our first daughter. We just decided we wanted to get pregnant. We were one of the lucky ones and it just happened right away. Um, so we just assumed that it would be like that for the second. Yeah. So, you know, a couple months after that marathon I did, I said, okay, like, let's just try. And, you know, I was on the birth control pill and went off of it, just kind of tried. And then that summer we were like, Hmm, something's a little weird. Like nothing's happening. Um, I also wasn't getting my period. I wasn't ovulating regularly. So I knew something was up, but at the time I really had picked up my running because I had met the group, this running group in December, and I loved the camaraderie and I loved the whole speed work aspect that I was doing every week. It was just every Saturday we would do a long run and meet for coffee. And I'm like, this is such a fun thing that I never had before this consistent sense of, you know, camaraderie and friendship built around a sport that I love. So I was running a lot. Um, so I thought, okay, well maybe that's why I'm not getting my period because you know, that's what everybody says. And anyways, I went to the, my OB, she did some blood work, everything seemed fine. Um, but then it was like, now we're looking at August, 2019 and I still wasn't getting pregnant and I still wasn't getting my period and nothing was really helping me. So she suggested I go see a fertility doctor. And she said, I'm sure it's a very simple problem or a very simple issue that they can fix because again, great pregnancy with my first, my first time around, no issues. Everything was normal. I worked out through my whole pregnancy with my first, no issues. So went to the fertility doctor in September of 2019. And it was the first visit was probably one of the most overwhelming things I've ever experienced in my life. Um, and ever since then, my life just completely changed because it was all about, you know, the focus was just all about having a baby and what I need to do to get my body ready. Um, and a lot of that was to cut back on my running. So it's, it all started with cutting back on your running, you know, cut down your mileage. So I made sure I cut down on my mileage and And I started doing what, sorry oh, to interrupt ahead. you, but like, what kind of mileage were you doing at this time? Like, you know, because some people think that like high, high, yeah. high mileage, right? Like you're not running a hundred miles a week. Like what was your, what did your mileage look like that they were telling you to cut back on? I was probably running 25 to 30 miles a week. Okay. I mean, and that's not crazy, which is not crazy. And no. he said, the doctor said that he's like, that's not crazy, but because we're trying to, you know, figure out what's going on. So let me actually take a step back, one step back. So they, they couldn't really diagnose me with anything because I was a healthy patient, um, had a healthy pregnancy before, but they thought a lot of like my hormonal imbalance and my lack of, um, ovulation was a symptom of PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. And 
this is all September, October, where we're trying to figure that out. So he suggested I do in IUIs, which is not an, it's not IVF. IUI is where they take the sperm and they just implant it. Basically, they kind of shoot it with like a turkey baster. So it gets, you know, they put you on, I'm sorry, this is a little confusing. So first they put you on this like medication that kind of stimulates your ovaries to produce eggs and get you regulated. So they know when you're going to ovulate and then they take your husband's sperm and they kind of turkey baster it in and vaginally. <laughs> so you, so, you know, it's supposed to take, um, and you know, he monitors you like your body with this medication. Mm-hmm. So they do that for a lot of PCOS patients, mm-hmm. um, because they, and a lot of it, they, you know, the, the problem is he couldn't really, he couldn't definitely, or, you know, confidently diagnose me as a PCOS patient because I didn't have the classic symptoms of PCOS. Right. So, which is, you know, your number one is being overweight, your blood sugar's out of control, which it wasn't, you know, you have cystic acne, all these things, a lot of it's from hormonal imbalance. So when I started doing my own research, a lot of, I found out that there was this whole world of people out there, a lot of them athletes like myself who were misdiagnosed with PCOS because mm of how much, how active they were. And it's not for every active woman, but some active women respond differently. You know, your hormonal system is just different. Um, the whole endocrine system just is so different depending on who you are as a person. So mm-hmm. for me, that's kind of what I thought the whole time. I'm like, okay, I, I don't think it's PCOS. I think it's more like my whole system is out of whack. Um, so I cut back, but I didn't cut back hundred percent because it helped me stay sane. That's mm-hmm. actually during the time that October is when I ran that 5k at like such an amazing pace. Like mm-hmm. I don't exactly where I would have to look at my time, but it was great. It was mm-hmm. like my best race ever. I was so like amazed at what I could, what I could do, mm-hmm. but I was also going through IUIs at the time. And, you know, after our first failed IUI in October, then our second failed IUI in November, they kind of told me to lay off the running like even more. Mm. So I did. Um, and I, I mean, I think I ran, I don't think I, I think I ran maybe I, I cut off, I cut out all speed work, mm-hmm. which was really hard for me because it was such like a new fun element of my running experience. It was hard for I me too. Do, Cause I missed you. <laughs> I, know, I missed you guys. It was just so tough, you know? Yeah. And Another thing I should mention is between the IUIs. So after they actually do the, the initial turkey baster method, you have to wait to find out if you're pregnant. And during that Mm. two week wait, you can't run at all. So it was such a, like a mind F because, Mm. you know, you can run a little bit and then you're, you get turkey basted and then you have to just wait to find out if you're pregnant for two weeks and you can't run, you can't do any high intensity work. So that whole mental shift is like completely, you know, and you're on progesterone, you're on medication. It's, it's crazy. Right. And then here you are, you typically use running as a mental relief, right? And here you are in one of the most stressful times in your life. And they're telling you, no, you can't do that. Like you can't use the thing that normally works for you to help control your stress. Like you just have to sit there and be. You just have to, yeah, you just have to chill. You can walk. (laughs) Great. Yeah, you can walk and you can do light strength training and all that, you know, which is fine. But it's not as a runner, you know, it's as a runner, runners understand that it's 
it's really hard. Yeah. Especially when you're trying to process everything. So, you know, we just, we just kind of stuck with it. It was really hard, but I'm like, you know what, this is temporary. It's going to work. And I know there were a lot of other women in my shoes who, you know, and I was reading about different things. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're in December. We had started our third IUI with hopes that it would work and same deal. It didn't work. Um, there's no explanation why it just didn't work. Mm -hmm. So in January of 2020, we met with the doctor and, you know, he said, again, we could do one more, but it's completely up to you. You know, you're a healthy patient. There's no rush for you. But I know, um, at the time I was 32, he's like, there's no rush, but if you you know, really want to get pregnant, I would go the IVF route. And we met with him and we learned everything that IVF entailed and we just decided to do it. Um, and it's a long process. So, you know, we decided this mid January, it didn't really start until, um, when did it start? Let's see, February. And then February, it kind of started, we started the process. The great thing about this was, um, so with IVF, you have to start, it's like three months. So we started it in February, technically, like you, the, the woman goes on the, the birth control pill. Um, but from January until the time that I started my injections for my egg retrieval, where they get the eggs, I could run, I could do high intensity, mm -hmm. I could drink all the wine I wanted. <laughs> and it was, you know, I look, I look back and I was frustrated that we had to wait. But at the same time, I look back now and I'm like, maybe that saved me a little bit. Like maybe that helped to reset my mind because I could go running. I could do all the things that I hadn't been able to consistently do the past, mm -hmm. you know, five months. So anyways, we started in February and then in March, right before the pandemic happened and the world went crazy, I actually had my egg retrieval um, on March 18th. And I think the whole city shut down on March 20th. Yeah. Um, it was right then. Just in the nick of time. Yeah. That was when we had the egg retrieval. And, um, you know, prior to the egg retrieval, you go on injections for about 10 days to kind of stimulate your eggs and you can't run. Um, obviously you can't really do anything. You can just walk because, you know, your ovaries are super enlarged. So that was, you know, just another stressful time. Um, but you get through it, you know, you just, but you can't run, you can't drink at all. You can't do any of the things that are good, like stress relievers for most people or most runners anyways. So after the egg retrieval, um, you, you have to wait a period of five to six days to see how your egg, how you did. Um, and for me, I did great. I initially got 33 eggs and then eight survived and they're all like grade A embryos, which is amazing. So it went really well. Um, and then you have to wait another week after a week or 10 days after your egg retrieval until you can start any like physical activity again. Mm -hmm. So then you start your physical activity and you kind of try to prep your body um, for the transfer where they take the embryo, the fertilized embryo, and they implant it in your uterus. So with the pandemic happening, everything was postponed. But again, I think that was a blessing because I could run. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I wasn't on any medication. The eggs were good. They were frozen. They were ready to go. Like <laughs> I didn't go, I didn't go crazy, but I ran. Yeah. Which was lovely. Um, anyways, then I had the transfer in March and 
after the transfer, I'll say for any runner, it is, okay, so if you're a runner and you're going through IVF and you have your transfer and you're waiting to find out if everything you went through worked or didn't work, you have to wait nine days to see if it happened. You can't run, you can walk, but you have to walk slow. Can't do anything, can't do yoga, you can't do Pilates, you can't do strength training, nothing. And it is absolute hell. (laughs) Mm. It was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my whole life. And I say it for somebody too, who's super active because, you know, that's how we, running is how I just go through all those feelings, you know, how I process everything. After every failed IUI, I would go for a run and -hmm. I would go for a hard run. And it's those, one of those emotional runs where all the feelings come up and you cry and you just, Mm -hmm. you just feel so much better. And I just remember saying to my husband, after every time we got a negative pregnancy test, I just said, I have to go for a run. And he, he got it. And I just left and I ran and I felt Mm -hmm. so much better. So yes. So those nine days when all I wanted to do was do that because I didn't know what to do with all this anxiety was probably one of the hardest things. Um, and there were like, I found, I tried to find sources of, you know, people going through this as a runner or an athlete. And there weren't very many, um, outlets out there, you know, no one really talked about it. And I'm like, how do runners handle this? Um, so really what I did was I just kind of immersed myself in a good book and my family Mm -hmm. and a good TV show and just kind of counted the days away. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, luckily, thankfully it all worked out. It was a positive test and, you know, now we're, you know, less than a month away from meeting our little boy, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. But it was just a, that was the experience and the road leading there. And I think for any runner, it's incredibly difficult. So, yeah, I mean, I can, it it sounds like it, you know, it's so, I feel like, and I remember when you were going through this, just how frustrated and lost you felt, you know, in this whole process. So if you were to speak to someone going through what you, you know, something similar to what you went through, what would you want them to know? I think the number one thing is it's only temporary and you're strong stronger than you think you are. Just like when you go into a race and you're not sure you can finish it, you'll be amazed at what your body can do. Mm -hmm. Um, and you just have to like, keep your eye on the prize, what you really want. You know, I really wanted that baby and I knew it would happen, but I had to, you know, keep it in check. And it's hard because there's a debate if running even does affect your fertility. No one really can pinpoint if it does, you know, and during the time I have to say, I did do acupuncture. I started doing acupuncture, um, December of 2019. And I wish I had started earlier because I think that is something that's really crucial for, for athletes who might be misdiagnosed with PCOS, you know, runners who are misdiagnosed with PCOS or fertility issues or have a a loss of their period. A lot of it has to do with activity and not so much PCOS. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what my acupuncture said. She said, you know, you might have jumped too quickly into training for a marathon after you had a baby and it made your endocrine system kind of like go a little nuts where it wasn't signaling, okay, it's time to produce, you know, it's all this blood's going to your uterus where it's time to have a baby. That's kind of how she explained it to me. Um, but she acupuncturists can help you with that. And, you Mm -hmm. know, I truly believe in Western medicine. Obviously I was a proponent of IVF, 
but I also believe in the whole, a holistic combination of both because Western medicine doesn't have the answer for everything. You know, they yeah. just like to kind of fix it, but they don't go to the root of the problem. And I think if you are a runner and you want to have children and you haven't, you know, dove in that pool yet and your periods are regular, I would go see an acupuncturist and seek her or his advice and really follow it because there's no, like you can really get yourself on a regular cycle just by doing that holistically. Mm, that's very interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. So then, okay. So then you got pregnant, which yay, that's mm-hmm. so exciting. Yay, so and exciting. So yes. exciting. And then, it was um, very exciting. so then what happened to your running at that point in time? Like, you know, could you go back to it? Were you still limited? Like, cause obviously they, you got the positive test, which is great, but they're, they're still mm-hmm. like some sort of, um, window, right. Where they want you to kind of limit things. What did that look like? Yes. So the first trimester, the first 12 weeks, they don't want you running or doing anything high intensity. Okay. Um, because you're still on shots of progesterone. So, you know, it's a progesterone helps keep the baby or help the baby stick. And you're on those for, like I said, 12 weeks and they don't want you to, you know, they just want to err on the side of caution, which who knows again, if me running would have affected the baby, but after when it comes to that, you just don't want to take that risk after everything you've been through. Yeah. Especially Um, when it's been like a multi-month process and all these failed and all these negatives, like the last thing you would want is a a problem. But you can't, I mean, you can do other things though. You can you know, do yoga again, you can do Pilates and you can do, you know, fast walking and biking. Mm -hmm. I could do other things. I just couldn't do, you know, get my heart rate over certain, they don't want you to get your heart rate over like 150, Mm -hmm. um, do any jumping or anything crazy, um, to spike it. So, but it is a lot easier when you know you're pregnant and you're doing it for, for a baby. (laughs) Yeah. So it was easier. It wasn't the best, but it was way easier. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So first 12 yeah. weeks, limited activity. And then after yeah. that, what, so then what did, what did your pregnancy look like after that? Like, did you go back to running? Did you feel like, okay, like, you know, um, you didn't really want to chance it. Like what did, what was your approach there? So at 10 weeks I graduated, um, is what they say from the fertility doctor, everything okay. looked good. And they kind of set me on my way to my OB, my regular OB. And for those of you who have been pregnant before, you know, at 12 weeks, you go to see a perinatologist, a specialist, Mm -hmm. and they kind of do like the full body. They they just do like a 45 minute ultrasound where they make sure everything's okay with the baby, the heart, the brain, everything. Um, So after that ultrasound, the one where they really went in depth and it was the specialist, I asked her, I'm just point blank. I said, what do you think about me going back into activity again, you know, running and you know, high intensity and all of that. And she, she looked at my chart and she said, I don't see you being high risk. You're very, you're healthy. Um, your blood pressure is great. Everything's good. I have no problem, no issue with you running again. Just take it slow. She said, you know, start slow. And that's what I did. I started slow. I, I was nowhere near anywhere I used to be. Um, but I started just couple, I probably started like my first run was like three or four miles. Then I went up to five and I did it slow. I had, if I felt like my heart rate was getting too high, I stopped and I walked. And then I would say after two weeks, I felt really good. (laughs) And I would run, you know, like I run three times. I would, I started running three times a week again, and that's what I run now. And Mm -hmm. I, I just, it was so great. It was amazing to be running again. I just felt so good. Um, 
So that second trimester was awesome. I would say the beginning of the second trimester was great. My heart rate was always in check. Um, I could run, you know, probably I didn't go too crazy, but I was running like a nine minute mile. Mm -hmm. Um, everything just felt good. That's awesome. That's yeah. So that's great. So like trimester by trimester, first trimester, you couldn't really do much. Second trimester, you got, you started getting into it, starting feeling good. What about the third? Cause you, you're, you're now how many weeks? 35, 36 weeks, 36 weeks. Yep. And you're still running. I'm I'm still running. That's amazing. (laughs) It is. It is amazing. It's so, it's so exciting too, because you know, it's like another thing I'll note about the second trimester is I was off the progesterone shots and I would say probably two weeks after I'd weaned myself off of those. And I was like into my running again. I felt so good. Mm -hmm. I felt like I had my body back, even though I, I mean, I'm still, you know, was growing a child. I just still (laughs) felt, it's crazy. I was like, what this actually, I I forgot I was pregnant sometimes because I felt so amazing, you know? And I think that's something to keep in mind too, for women who are going through all this, like you're going to feel better again. And like, once you get off those drugs and, you know, if you get the okay from your doctor and you, you know, you're smart about it, it's just, it feels just, you, it helps you mentally. And it's so good for your pregnancy. I mean, it's great mm-hmm. for your heart. It's great for everything. So yeah. second trimester beginning of it was running was great. Um, it started towards the end of the second trimester getting a little more difficult. Um, mm-hmm. I would struggle with keeping my heart rate in check. Um, and the urge to pee my baby. I carry my babies. I carry my babies low, I guess. And, um, this little boy is very low. And I think towards the end, as he started getting bigger, obviously it's harder. Mm -hmm. So I would have to take a lot of frequent bathroom breaks. And I think my running, I, I stopped running so much outside, mostly a, because of the heat that affected my heart rate, Mm -hmm. the humidity. And B, I was just really close to a bathroom. So I could, you know, do like an interval run and, you know, pause it and then go and use the bathroom and not kind of, you know, have to worry about on my running route, finding Mm -hmm. a bathroom. So that was, those are probably like the two things towards the end of the second trimester that I noticed. And the crazy thing was, you know, I was running, but I was in good shape. Even though my heart rate was getting higher, I still felt like I could be, still could keep up my pace but I stopped only because of my heart rate. And I think mm-hmm. like you said, I think I talked to you about this. You're like, it's just, it's part of like being pregnant. It's part of you, you know, you progressing in your pregnancy. Like there's yeah. nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just, I didn't want to go crazy. So I stopped. Um, so end of the second trimester, it became more intervals. It became more walking, running. Um, and now, I mean, if it's a beautiful day out and it's, cooler. I think last Saturday I went for a run outside and I knew there was a bathroom stop along the way. So that was great. Um, I mean, I've run up to six to seven miles, which is amazing as long as my heart rate's in check. And a lot of it though now is mostly run walk. Mm -hmm. And that's just how it is. I mean, if I run up a bridge, my heart rate goes up. So mm-hmm. I don't run up the bridge. I walk up the bridge and then I'll run down the bridge. And I, it's, I don't complain. I don't like to complain because I'm so happy I can still run at this point, especially yeah. after everything. Um, but it's definitely a humbling experience too. Mm. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I think that that takes me right to my next question that I've been thinking about was like, you know, so you've been talking about kind of those physical shifts that you had to make with the running, right? To um, stay closer to a bathroom, to run more indoor, to make sure your heart rate's in check, to incorporate more run, walk and interval training. What kind of mental shifts did you also have to go through during this time, right? Because Yes, running is one of those things that has helped you mentally, right? Helps you to kind of control Mm -hmm. your anxiety and stress and all of that. But I think as runners, we all have like this little like ego, right? Like when you see your pace dropping and and, and those kinds of things, um, I feel like you kind of have to shift mentally as well. So what did you go through on that end of things? Yeah, you have to kind of check your ego. (laughs) You know, you you have to check your ego and you just have to... um, you know, realize that you can only do what you're, what you can, you have to listen to your body. And mm-hmm. that's, what's the number one thing you're, you know, you're growing a human and you have to give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. Um, if your heart rate's high, that's because you're carrying a baby. It's not because you're out of shape <laughs> and you just have to get over it and just listen. And I think that's the hardest thing. It's like, I was, you know, I'm like, oh, I feel so good. Why is my heart rate going like out of control? Yeah. And it's like, okay, like Angelica, just you're growing a child and this is temporary and you need to chill out. And I, mm-hmm. I think that was probably, that's probably one of the hardest things just because like you said, being a runner, you know, you getting into the like, coming from you. I just can't wait to do speed work again because coming from like being able to do that speed work and like kind of setting that bar for yourself. It's mm-hmm. like, Oh, I can't wait to do that again. Um, mm-hmm. It's been so long. So, and that's another reason too. Like I love running with our group, but I kind of had to back off from it because, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, you can just, you know, run slower and catch up. And, you know, I'm like, but I don't want to run slower and catch up. Like, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't want to do that. So I think for me, it was a lot of it was, yes, like the, I didn't want to run outside because of the heat. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, you know, I stopped meeting up with the group and the whole urge to pee thing was annoying. And I, you know, I didn't want to, you know, be a burden to any, anybody running in a group. So that was definitely something that I, I've missed you know, I've been able to run, but I've missed that camaraderie of, you know, the group aspect, Mm -hmm. but it's only, it's a temporary thing because I think that's the most important thing. Just it's temporary. It's not forever. Yeah. It's like, it's remembering that why, right? Like remembering why Mm -hmm. you're doing all of this and, um, going back to, like you just said, like the, the blessing of being able to even do what you're doing right now. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think as women, you know, we don't really want, especially when you're pregnant, you forget like how amazing the female body is and like what mm-hmm. it can do. Like the fact that like it can grow a baby and you can go run, you know, five miles and mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's incredible. Like it's, yeah. it's so incredible. And when you really take a minute and you think about it, you're like, okay, like I need to stop. And you know, it doesn't matter how fast I'm going. And, you know, I think when I used to run, you know, pre pregnancy, pre fertility treatments, I, I had like my Tuesdays were speed day. My Thursdays were like five to six mile day. And like on Saturdays I would do a long run and, you know, a recovery run on Sunday. And it's like, I don't have, my mind is like programmed to think like I have to do that, but I don't have to do that now. Like I'm mm. not, I'm pregnant. So like on a Tuesday morning, I'm like, Oh, I have to do like five miles. I'm like, no, Angelica, like you don't have to do five miles. Like you do what you can do. <laughs> so I think a lot of it is talking to yourself and being like, all right, I'm not like, I'm at a different place in my life right now. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to set the bar high. Just get your, get activity, get exercise, get your heart pumping, get the blood going. That's what's important. Yeah. 
Yeah. I love that. And I think that like that, those principles that you just mentioned, I think can apply to so many other people, like not just pregnant women, right? Like it's just really the idea of giving yourself grace and understanding that we go through phases in our life and we go through phases in our running as well. And we shouldn't compare ourselves now to anything that we used to be because a lot of, a lot of times that's not helpful, right? Especially if other things in our life have changed, right? You know, you're, you're pregnant and going through this right now. We have other people that are, you know, going through cancer treatments or going through a very stressful time with their family and and loved ones and taking care of people. And like, I think that it's so important for us. I love what you say here, you know, about keeping our ego in check, giving ourselves some grace and just understanding like what role running plays in your life and that that is allowed to change. Like your why for running can change. Like it used to be Mm -hmm. to push yourself and to do these other things right Right now. It's just to stay active and to keep your body healthy and to keep your baby healthy. Right. Because Mm -hmm. running has been shown to have a lot of benefits to the baby as well. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he's as healthy as ever and he's great, like normal size growing very Mm -hmm. like strong, you know, people are like, are you sure you should still be running? I'm like, Mm -hmm. Well, my baby is, I mean, my baby's like over six pounds right now. And that's another myth where people are like, oh, if you run during your pregnancy, you're going to have, you know, a, a small baby or you're mm-hmm. not going to have a healthy baby or a premature birth or, and that's just, I don't think that's true. <laughs> oh, all the well-meaning bystanders telling yeah. you what to do and exactly what you and shouldn't sure do. <laughs> you should see the looks I get when people see me running outside, you know, <laughs> you know, nine, eight months, nine months pregnant. And it's like, whatever, like, you're not my doctor. Just, right. just tr- listen to your doctor and then listen to your body. Yeah. I would look at you in amazement <laughs> if Thank I ever you. saw you, <laughs> but I, I would, I, I do have to ask though. I feel like, you know, at least with COVID and social distancing, you've probably had less of those like weird people that want to come up and touch your belly, right? Totally. <laughs> <laughs> no one is touching the belly. <laughs> Did you have that with the first pregnancy? Like random people. Can I, like some people would just come touch. I'm like, what are you doing? Like in Target? Yeah. Like in Target or, yeah, yeah. No, now people keep their distance. It's really actually, that's, they didn't really think about that. That's actually a really good perk. (laughs) It's one of the good things about COVID. (laughs) There you go. There you go. That's true. Yeah. So do you have any um, like tips and tricks for other women right now that might be pregnant that want to continue, you know, running through pregnancy? Um, Cause you're, you're coming up on the end here, which is great. And you've I been know. able to successfully run through this whole time, which is amazing. So what would you say to someone that wants to do that also? Um, so for those who are pregnant and are running, I would say, just keep doing what you're doing and if you, you know, you're having, if you have roadblocks or challenges, just adapt to them. Mm-hmm. Um, because like we said, it's temporary. It's only a certain phase in your life. Um, and then for those who, you know, want to get pregnant, but also want to have, be an, have an active pregnancy, just stay running, you know, mm-hmm. but don't overdo it. Just, I think with everything, it's just balance. Like, you know, have a good balance of running and strength training and, you know, getting your mind right and eating healthy, I think that will just make for a healthy pregnancy and you'll be able to keep running and, you know, yeah. Until the end, if you want. Yeah. But also like if you have pressure, if you start getting pressure and, you know, if I'm running and I start feeling pressure or cramping, I stop, you know, you have to be smart. 
mm-hmm. and just just walk. Yeah. And it will sure. be it will be it will be okay. The sky won't fall down. <laughs> yeah. It'll be now, fine. Have you had any like pain or anything that have has limited your running? Because I know that with me, like um, with my pregnancies, I ran with the first one until I was 33 weeks. And then my, okay. I had lower back pain that just, I, I couldn't, there was just too much yeah. pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, luckily, no, I haven't oh. had any lower back pain, Fantastic. which is weird. That's I awesome. Know. There's been, there's been days where I get like the lower, um, pressure, yeah. pelvic pressure, mm-hmm. and then I just stop and take it easy. Um, I have been seeing a chiropractor. I don't okay. know if that has helped. Um, I think, and also, I don't know, but I, I do strength train two mm-hmm. to three times a week, mm-hmm. nothing crazy, but like, like, you know, you just strength train to kind yeah. of build up that muscle. And I think that helps too a little bit. So yeah, I would I've definitely, definitely agree with that for sure. Like I was mm-hmm. not doing the kind of strength training then that I now that you're know doing is now. necessary. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. I think that's right. a really, really good point. Keeping that core, you know, people always think that they can't do core training when they're pregnant and that's just not true. Like you just have to not true. adjust. Exactly. And there's so many today out there. There are so many prenatal, mm-hmm. um, strength, you know, classes, and you can just Google now, like what strength training exercises can I not do? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's actually a lot easier now when it comes to exercising pregnant and mm-hmm. strength training is so important. I think when you're pregnant, because it helps you bounce back that much quicker mm-hmm. without trying. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, this has been so fun. Um, so is there anything else that you want to leave our listeners with today? Like what would be the message that you would want to leave our listeners with today? Um, my goodness. Well, I think don't listen to anybody else, but yourself, listen to your gut. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, obviously listen to your doctors, but trust your gut and, you know, going into it was if, if you're going through fertility treatments, just know that you will get through it and it's only temporary. You will run again. And if you are pregnant and you want to run and you get the okay from your doctor, enjoy it. Like, Mm -hmm. don't stress yourself out. Use it as like a, you know, a fun activity for you and your baby and a mental for mental clarity. Um, and don't let anybody just listen to your body and listen to your gut and trust yourself. I think that's what my message is. I love it. I mean, and, and anyone, even non-pregnant people can take, take that advice too. You know, like, I think that we know ourselves a lot better than we give ourselves credit for sometimes. And we tend to ignore things and, and think that we need to seek outside opinions and external advice. When, if we really just get raw with ourselves and listen to that inner voice, then, um, we know a lot more than we think we do. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been awesome, Angelica. Thank you so much. Where can our listeners connect with you online? Like if they want to learn more about you, I know you have a blog and you help people with healthy eating and other Mm -hmm. things. Um, So where can they connect with you? Um, On Instagram um, at Angelica Flan. And we will put that in the show notes. So we'll spell that out for you guys. Um, so yeah, this has been so awesome. Thank you so much so for sharing fun. your story Thank with you us. Thank you for having me. I of hope course. it helps. I hope it helps so many others out there. So it will. Thank you. I, I know that it will because you were yeah. so generous in sharing your story and your struggles and everything with us. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. 
All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. This has been the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number 185. Now get out there and run your life. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to come check out the Real Life Runners training team. It's our monthly coaching program where we take all of this material, we apply it, and we take it to the next level. We teach you how to train your mind, body, and skills for true and lasting success in your running and your life. We offer customized training plans, live coaching calls, and one-on-one coaching, along with our proven system to help you transform into the runner you want to be and achieve your goals. Come join our team over at realliferunners.com forward slash team and start to truly run your life. We'll see you there.